You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, Jesus was talking to his, his disciples. And initially, when a person becomes a disciple of Christ, he or she basically listens to the teaching and becomes familiar with the ways of Jesus. But there should come a time after maturing as a disciple that you not only listen and learn the ways of Jesus, but you start to imitate you start to have the same mindset as Christ. You start putting into action what Paul said in Philippians 2 and 5 when, when he basically said to mature saints, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Basically saying to them, you have a choice. You can choose to think like Jesus or not. But I'm saying to you as mature folk, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus had a, a mindset that would not allow present situations or circumstances to rattle him would not allow what was going on on the outside to interfere with his spirit. He stayed focused despite the climate of the day. And that's what he desires for his, his children. He does not want us to have a mind that one minute we're up and the next minute would die. Because such a mind can hinder, alter, or stop God from fulfilling in us his purpose, his promises, and his pleasure. For when it comes to a person that is up and down in mind, James revealed to us in James, the first chapter, that such a person is unstable, double-minded, and will not receive anything from God. I don't ever want to be in the place where I don't get anything from God. But your mind can be so jacked up 
to where you can interfere with God doing for you what he desires to do. That's the reason our focus, our mindset is so important. He who keeps his mind stayed upon the Lord, the scripture says, will be in perfect peace. Perfect shalom, perfect a reign, basically saying to us, if our mind is right, we will not hinder our peace or prosperity. How many times have you messed yourself up simply because your mind was in the wrong place? I said, how many times have you messed your own self up because your mind was in the wrong place? When our mind is in the right place, we'll know God's will despite what's going on around us. Paul revealed that to the Roman church when, when he said to them, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he told them why? That you may prove or know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If my mind is in the place it needs to be, I'll know the will of God. Voices can be coming from every direction, the north, south, east, and west. But I won't be moved. Why? Because my mind is in the right place. I know the will of God despite what I see, despite what I hear, and despite my surroundings. And so Jesus, here in Luke 12, did not want his sheep, his flock, to have the wrong mindset. He specifically said to them at the time that they did not need to have an anxious mind. Anxious mind equates worry. I don't want you worrying. The core meaning of worry is to lack peace of mind. And that's something. Lack peace or prosperity of mind. How many have learned that, that if you think according to the will of God, that's what's going to manifest in your life? Because your, your thinking reveals your beliefs. And Jesus himself said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Basically, if I can think it and just stay in the vein that God told me to stay in, I will see the manifestation of his promises. I will see the manifestation of, of what he has ordained to take place in his season. Despite the pandemic, if your mind is in the right place, you will not only see but experience better being here and better coming. You believe that? Give God the praise.
Again, he did not want them to worry or have an anxious mind because that would indicate that they would be lacking peace in their mind. Now, as free moral agents, we choose to worry or not. And when you choose to worry, it it causes you to enter into a state of mental trouble or anxiety. You're troubled in mind because you chose to allow what was trying to get you down to get into your mindset. As a child of God, you have the choice to accept or reject what tries to get in your mindset. I am that much power, Pastor? Yes. You especially have that much power if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8? You shall receive power when? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you receive the Spirit of God, you receive what the Scripture calls deutimus. You receive supernatural power. You receive power that's beyond your humanity. You receive that which is divine or which only comes from God. Therefore, you have the power to think what you couldn't think as a sinner. You have the power to believe what you couldn't believe as a sinner. And some of us are products of that. If the Lord would have told you as a sinner, or if somebody would have told you as a sinner that you were going to have what you presently have, you would have laughed at that person, or you would have said, he crazy or she crazy. But when God told you he was going to bless you, going to make you the head, not the tail, to live above only and never beneath, when God told you he was going to open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, you ain't going to have room to receive because you had the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you you shouted about what God told you because you know if God said it he'll bring it to pass your mindset is important and you have to choose to believe what God told you to believe. And you have to also choose not to allow things that will hinder, alter, or stop the will of God to enter into your mind. See, you have to walk away from folks that are trying to influence you. You have to make sure that your mind stays in a certain place. That place, the will of God. The will of God. Okay, to listen, but you never allow dirt, mess, foolishness, confusion, opinion, and such to become permanent in your mindset. You have to hear and dismiss. Certain things only need to be in the trash. They don't need to be in your mindset. 
And so he told him, I, I, I don't want you worrying. I don't want you having an anxious mind. People that worry, they get to the point to where they allow sorrow, fear, and such to possess them. Can't do certain things because they, they are controlled or influenced by what's going on in their mind. Well, let's go do such and such. No, I, I can't do it. You know, such and such and such and such. Fear stopping them from enjoying life. Even though they quote John 10, 10. You know, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But God came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But if you allow certain things to get in your mind, it'll stop you from enjoying what God created for you to enjoy. You know what David said? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad therein. Say to your neighbor, you should never allow anything or anybody to stop you from enjoying what God done, in, done created just for you. Look how beautiful it is today. You think I ain't going to enjoy this day? I'm going to celebrate it. I know God made it just for me. But if your mind is not in the right place, if you're not thinking on the right thing, You won't enjoy it. You won't appreciate it. You won't celebrate it. He said, I don't want you to worry. And, and, and get this. He did not want them to worry about things that are essential or necessary for us as humans. And a certain thing we just need as humans. But Jesus said, look, I, I don't want you to worry about those things. I, you, you need them, but I don't want you worrying about them. And he mentions two necessities in the text. He mentions food and drink. Hot days, you're going to need extra water. You done been working all day. When you get home, you're going to be looking for something to eat. You'll go in the house trying to stick your hand in something, just a snack before you get to the real meal. Why? It's a necessity when it comes to your body. It's a necessity if you're going to live here on earth. I know you need those things, but, but I don't want you to have an anxious mind. I don't want you worrying about what's going to be put on the table. He says, I don't want you worrying about these things because when you start worrying about them, you'll be acting just like the nations. You'll be acting just like the nations. The nations 
represent, number one, people that do not acknowledge the one true God. To acknowledge is to show awareness of in thought, word, and deed. You not only show awareness of in thought, word, and deed, but you do it the way you should do it. How is that? When you really acknowledge God, you understand the first and great commandment to love him with all of your being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. You have religious folk that'll say, I talk to Jesus. I pray. I ask God every day to forgive me. But that's not true acknowledgement of God. When you truly acknowledge God, you fulfill Proverbs 3, 5 and following. When Solomon decreed, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, what? acknowledge him and watch him direct your path. The nations don't do that. Oh, they, they'll do like we used to do. Get in trouble, we'll pull the God card. Oh, God, if you help me out this time, I won't do it again. Lord, if you just come by here. This time, I'll do better. I don't want you to be like the nations. I don't want you to be like folk who don't truly acknowledge the one true God. See, see, when you truly acknowledge God, you will praise him despite the trouble you're going through. You will put him before the pandemic. You will put him before mama. You will put him before anything that's trying to interfere or cause you to sever the intimate relationship you have with him. There are folk that, that, that since the pandemic came about, they have stopped relying on God the way they used to. You don't have to amen me. I know I'm telling the truth. But say to your neighbor, you got to praise God despite what you're going through. You got to trust God despite what you're going through. You got to believe that he's Savior, protector, and your source despite the trouble that's in the land. You have to believe that God is still a way maker. Still 
a very present help in the time of trouble according to Psalm 46 and 1. You have to believe that he still will supply all of your needs according to Philippians 4 and 19. You have to believe that God is still the healer according to Isaiah 53. You have to believe that God is still the one that said boldly my ears are always open to the cries of my children. Have to believe that he's still the one that, that can stretch his hand as far as he needs to stretch it because he decreed my hand is not too short that I cannot save you. You have to believe that the blood still covers. The blood still makes you whole. The blood still keeps you safe. The blood still does exactly what it did when Jesus went to the cross and shed it for all of us. What can wash me? What can cleanse me? What can make me whiter than snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I still believe with his stripes we're healed. I still believe he carried our sorrows and our griefs. I still believe Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not walk. I still believe how Psalm 23 closes, surely goodness and mercy shall what follow me all the days of my life. Say to your neighbor, God is keeping me right now. He's my protector right now. You got to believe that despite what you go through. You can't be no part-time Christian. Well, when everything go back to normal, I'm going to get my dance on then. I'm going to get my leap on then. I'm going to turn in victory then. When everything go back to normal, the devil is a liar. I'll praise him in the midst of trouble. I'll turn in victory when everything that can go wrong. You know why? Because can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like. And so he did not want them to have the same mindset as the nations. Folk looking at us. Yeah, she been coming in here every day at work talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. And now she coming in here mouth quiet. I guess Jesus can't deal with what's going on here. He come in here every day talking about can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody. But he ain't sung that song in three weeks. Say to your neighbor, I don't know if you know it or not. But according to Malachi 3 and 6, God changes not. 
Let me go over into the New Testament according to Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God has not changed. There is nothing big enough to cause God to change. The same one he was moving on your behalf before the pandemic. He's moving on your behalf right now because he changes. He said, I don't want you to be like the nations. I don't want you to be like that. He said, what I want you to do is just seek the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. When you get to worry and are watching what's going on TV too much, That will replace your worship. You'll be more consumed about what they said than your prayer time. You'll go in now, but you won't pray like you normally pray. You'll pray looking at your watch. CNN coming on with that special. Let me hurry up. I don't want you worry. Just seek the kingdom of God. He wanted them to get their priorities in order. I don't care what's third, fourth, and fifth, but we should always know what's one God. We should always know that. No matter what's going on, you should, God is number one. And all that pertains to him, he is number one. Yeah, they saying that, but God ain't, ain't saying it though. What well, they saying this, that, and the other. They said this, this week. They said something else last week. Well, you know God ain't in that because God is not the author of confusion. So why are you allowing their opinions or their confusion to run your house? What's the trouble? Worship or seeking the kingdom is not first in your life. Because if you seek God, God going to let you know what's going on in reference to what you need to do. Jesus told his disciples, he said, look, you're going to hear about wars, rumors of wars. You're going to hear about pestilence. You're going to hear about this, that, and the other. He said, but listen, don't let none of that stuff move you. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Don't let none of that move you. These are just signs that's letting you know. The end is here. But you stay where you need to be. 
Where is that? Seeking. Seeking. You seek God. You worship God. How do we worship him? According to John 4, 20 through, through 24, in part, it says we worship him in spirit and truth. See, that's what the Father is seeking. True worshipers. They're going to worship him in spirit. Spirit connotes your God conscious. You can't listen to everything you hear on TV and everything you're hearing from folks and be as conscious of God as you need to be. You'll be to the point to where you will hear what God is saying, but you'll also be hearing what somebody else is saying and trying to choose between God and somebody that's got a whole lot of opinions. Somebody that changed their mind every three, four days. God has to come first. He has to come first. So, so his thing is, I don't want you being like them sinners of the nations. I want you to remain a child of the kingdom. Keep your focus. And, and don't let religious folks throw on you. You got to use common sense. Well, well, what we going to do with God say if the just going to live by faith. See, folks are put in there three, four, five, six, seven cents worth. But we should always remember God first. Before you take anybody else's word, God first. Say to your neighbor, that's just bottom line. But now this is only for Christians. We can't tell a sinner that. Sinner does not have the capacity to put it into action. But if you are a child of God, God has enabled you to walk in his will, to walk in his word, to think, talk, and do according to what is written and what is revealed. Just seek, seek God. Don't worry. And I'm telling you, if you put God first and just do what he, he tells you, you'll see why Jesus made the statement. But then the Lord took it further in the text. He says, your father knows that you have need of these things. Your father, the omniscient one, the one that knows everybody, and everything. I love it when, when, when the writer reveal even the hair 
hairs that are on your head. He know their number. Even the tears that fall from your eyes. He knows. Even when you're smiling and, and, and looking at folk and all they see is that smile, he knows exactly what's going on in your heart. Say to your neighbor, we got a father that knows all. And, and, and that's hard to grasp in one sense as a human that, that he knows everything. He, he knows well in advance that, that your check ain't going to be able to take care of certain things that need to be taken care of. He knows all. All. And, and, and we got to take it further because I just don't want you to think he's a God that knows all but can't do anything about what he knows. Say to your neighbor, he's not only omniscient, he's omnipotent. He not only knows everything, he has the power to do what needs to be done. I said he has the power to do what needs to be done. David so knew it to where he penned, I've been young, now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the children of the righteous begging for bread. David knew one thing when he penned that, that God going to take care of his folk. And the Bible tells us that the things that were written aforetime or in the past were written for our learning. We ain't got no business worrying about certain things. We need to know that if God took care of Moses, took care of Joshua, took care of Caleb, took care of Daniel in that lion's den, took care of the three Hebrew boys when they got cast into the fiery furnace, took care of Job when he was going through his ordeal with the devil, took care of so many folk that I don't even have time to name all that surely if he changes not, he gonna take care of you. You better tell somebody God gonna take care of you. Why? He changes. God changes. He knows all. And he can do what needs to be done. Because he's omnipotent. We know you got need all this stuff. Now, 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 this is the amazing thing. He, dur he then turns around as I close it and says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us, listen, the kingdom. Understand this. Based upon the text, verses 39 through 32, God mean, needs 
is part of the kingdom. He didn't change the subject. He was talking about God meeting necessities. So he's letting us know that God as a father and part of his kingdom responsibilities is to help his children get necessities. Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. When David was hungry, guess who it was that provided for him? God. When Elijah had, had allowed Jezebel to run him out of town. And nobody was around to give him anything to eat. God said to him, look, I done talked to the ravens. Not a family, birds. And they're going to be bringing you something to eat twice a day. See, see, our thing is, we don't allow our mindset to go where God desires it to go. So we think that God can only do such. But let me tell you something. If you would allow your mind to go where God has ordained it to go, you will see things according to what Paul said. Paul said he'll do exceeding abundantly above what all that you ask how you get that right there it wasn't nobody but God and folk who ain't saved will look at you like you crazy but God is a God that knows how to provide for his children what they are in need of some of you right now you're looking baffled but you know what I'm saying is word this ain't no walk of 101. This is word. But, but, but get this again. Look, look at that 32nd verse. He told him, look, fear not. Don't worry. It is your father's, notice, good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To make sure your needs are met. That's part of the kingdom. Jesus said it. Another way in, in Matthew 6 and 33, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. He was trying to get them to understand that God is a God that, that causes or creates divine increase. He creates divine increase. That's the reason we say things like he'll make a way out of no way. How did it turn out for you, girl? Oh, God showed up. What did he do? Showed out. He is a God of divine increase. Man can say one thing. God will show up and do something totally different. But he does it specifically when we allow our mind to get in the place where God can do exactly what he promised. 
That's the reason you never need to allow your mind to be in a gutter or a trash can. Never need to allow your mind to be on the same page as sinners that don't know anything about the power of God. Oh, some of you either get mad or you're listening. How many are listening to what I'm saying? And notice, is his, am I reading this right? Is his good what? It pleases him to help us. It pleases him. I never get this, this man used to used to ask me. Well, he asked me one time. He, he said, "Don't you think God get tired of you always asking Him for stuff?" I said, "Well, if He did, He never would have said in Matthew seven and seven, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find, and knock, and it'll be open." I said. Then he went on to say in the eighth verse, "For everyone that asks." Everyone that seeks, everyone that knocks. I say God loves to be a blessing to his children. That's the reason Jesus, when he came, he, he was point blank in John 10, 10. The thief comes not but the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so you can have life. Hold on, hold on now. And that more and then he went on to say, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. That's the reason I'm going to do it. Because I'm the good shepherd. You know what the good shepherd means? A shepherd that's going to be a benefit or a blessing to your life. You hear me? I'm done. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.